Good morning, my brothers and sisters. It is such a pleasure to be with you. I am your host, Lucas Ham Swisher, the Brazilian Mountaineer. With me to my left, Patrick Novacell, the judge, jury, and executioner of fake news and spoilers. You can say hi if you want to. Oh, hey, hello. <laughs> and also This is, this is me, different, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know, totally mixing things up. I said the names first, and then I said the taglines. And then also with me, the wonderful 101 from Wisconsin, Lim Philia. It is so good to have you, brother. It's so good to be here. I'm yes. back, y'all. <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah. You are like our first episodes? return first return guest. <laughs> Welcome back. Thank you. Oh, it's so good to see you, man. Uh and hear you. Because not be everyone seen. can see you. But um so we are doing a little bonus episode, and it is very much a mix between improv, real life. Uh, a time to pour out our hearts, frustrations, because things are happening and we want to talk about it. We want to make sure that we are contributing to it. Uh, we are very much so 100% all on board in protesting racism and spreading change through conversation and, and love. And so we wanted to spend a little bit of time uh, talking about what has been going on, what is going on, and where we want to go from here. And so to, uh, to kind of start things out, I thought it would be appropriate if we all just kind of gave everybody who's listening an idea of uh, what life is like, what, what life has been like over the past week and a half for each of us. Because we all live in different necks, necks of the woods, if I could say it like that. <laughs> we live in all different areas of the world. Patrick's in Cincinnati, Lim's in uh, somewhere in Wisconsin, I forget. I know there's cheese there. No, that's that's the that's the town somewhere somewhere in somewhere somewhere in. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> Perfect, I nailed it. I had no idea. And then uh, I'm in Brazil, and last week uh, we were all shocked to see a man who went by the name of George Floyd be senselessly murdered uh, by um, a police officer, someone that we thought should be protecting others, and from there. You know, we've all seen the news, we've all seen social media, and from there, protests, riots, political heads, and mm. media talking back and forth. It's just been bedlam. Buildings burning down, cities, all 50 states participating, uh, so many countries participating, and it's all to fight against racism, prejudice, uh, uh, people's lives not being valued for what they should be. And so, uh, guys, kind of share with me over this past week and a half uh, kind of where life has taken you in connection to this, because there's no way to avoid it. And uh, why don't we start with Lim, our special guest, well, age before beauty after all. <laughs> I see what you did. Um, all right. So I, I, I work for a nonprofit, uh, faith-based nonprofit um, that instills life and hope in youth. And mm -hmm. since March, I've been working from home. And because of my part-time job, which takes me into or at least around other people's homes uh, around the state, um, I've continued to work from home because um, myself and others uh, uh, have one form or another of immune something or others. Right. So, yeah. so we, uh, 
so I've opted to still work from home and it's been really, really good. So I don't, I, I, I work in the basement and lately I've been getting outside into the sun. That's uh, good. And so. Get that vitamin D. Oh yeah. Gotta get that vitamin D. Um, and, uh. So I've I've been getting outside before I actually went outside I've been seeing the world through Twitter. Yeah. And um it's it's been rough on your boy. Yeah. <laughs> um I hear you ma- there. mainly because I'm an empath. I feel other people I feel other people's pain. Hmm. And when I can relate to it it's even worse. You know, and I really haven't been outside hanging out outside since uh, since before March, and it's Wisconsin, so I wasn't outside. <laughs> right? No, there was not much reason to go outside back in February and January. So I, I, I honestly have felt, you know, my, my, you know, my countenance fall some. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm still probably bouncing off the walls and more joyous than a lot of people <laughs> but yeah. i can tell the difference and especially mm. now just seeing people's pain and so it's been rough and then having conversations with family and friends and it's i have i've got people that are all over like most of us we have people that are all over the spectrum of what should happen what shouldn't happen what why did this happen why didn't this happen they did this he did that and it, it it's tearing me apart. In short, it's tearing me apart because I got I I, I care about all the people yeah. that I'm hearing this from. So. Yep. Yeah. How about you, Patrick? Well, uh, yeah. Was it? It was last Tuesday. Um, I heard about George Floyd, and I immediately was like, seriously again? Like, are we yeah. are are we seriously gonna have another police officer? um kill uh again uh, especially another black man like this is ridiculous and so i was i had like a a mild anger at the time um yeah. but uh for me i did not um foresee what was going to transpire over the next couple weeks mm. um and as you know, the initial videos uh, come out, you know, like Lem, you said, like you're, you're living on Twitter. Like, yeah, like I am living on Twitter. That's where I get all my news. And my feed is usually video games uh, or sports. And it was not that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, for me, like, I don't like watching those videos because it hurts. You know, like I, I feel, I feel that. And I'm like, I, I, I don't like feeling that way. Like, like you, Lem, like I'm, I, I love to be happy. You know, I, I love right. to be good. I love to see the good in people and try to bring, bring the room up kind of thing. Uh, but, and watching those types of videos just, just hurts me and it brings me down. So I, at first was, you know, I had a, you know, just a, a feeling like uh, this is seriously, again, I don't, I don't want to think about this. And then it just, it just got big and everybody in Minnesota and across the, the nation and across the, the world, you know, you see uh, protests that are happening um, in New Zealand and Germany and uh, England. And it's, you, you see all this, you're like, this is 
um, something that is bringing so many people uh, together. And I, I cannot, I cannot believe how much this is bringing people together. Um, it is, it is on the other side, you know, that's it, it. You see where people's opinions are coming out and you, and you, you kind of realize that, um, I don't know if it's, if it's, if, if it's uh, a 100% racist person or if someone who is brought up a little differently, um, I see, I've seen these, I see, I see, uh, protests, I'm seeing riots, uh, and I'm, and with all, with, with, with Twitter, I'm seeing, um, all of, uh, the, what the police officers are doing, um, what the, uh, rioters and protesters are doing. Um, and yeah. it's just, uh, some of it is, is really good when you see, uh, when I saw the, um, you know, police officers who are, you know, crying with the protesters or you see a police officer lay down their badge and say, Hey, I am, do not want to be a part of uh, this anymore. Uh, I want to be a part of change. And it's, you know, there's, there's good things and there's bad things. And I was telling Lucas, uh, a couple, um, a couple days ago, I think when we recorded, um, that it's been keeping, it's been keeping me up at night more than I thought it would. Uh, there was uh, two straight nights. I didn't go to bed until four, four AM because I was reading and learning and educating myself, uh, about, about all this. And it is hit me harder than anything. I, 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 I can't even remember. Um, and it's something where Lucas had reached out and says, we need to talk about this. And I'm like, I'm in, you know, hundred percent in. And, um, here we are. Yeah. Yeah. And when, when I wrote you, Patrick, um, it was like, I was ready to burst. Uh, yes. When I, when I saw like you got, you know, like you mentioned in seeing the video with George Floyd, uh, I, I remember where I was, I was sitting at a chair in my living room and just kind of was kind of just looking over Twitter and just, uh, what's going on today. Uh, I feel like I saw it pretty soon. Like I saw it before the protesting and rioting even started. Like it was as soon as it, it hit social media, it, yeah. it came across my newsfeed and I watched it in horror. Like I just, and, and again, like you said, Patrick, I was like, is this, is this really like, we're, I don't, I don't understand why at this point, how everyone can't be more aware and people, especially in power and authority can't be more aware of what what they're doing. And, you know, I know that, you know, you can twist anything, but there's just no twisting this from a good perspective is all bad and how, uh, how it all went down. And I watched it and it was like a three, I think the original was like one of the main videos that went around was like three or four minutes. And in reality, it was like double, double and a half that how long, uh, the officer had his knee on, uh, George Floyd's neck and, uh, you know, at one point watching the video, I saw one of the, the police officers who was a medical, uh, I think he was a medic also, and he was checking his pulse. And I was like, oh man, tell me he pulls through. And then that's when I started seeing the news that he definitely did not. And, um, you know, I, I, I feel like, I feel like every few months or every six months from Brazil in the eight years I've lived here, I keep seeing stuff from the U S and I just kind of brace for it. It's like, okay, how are people going to react? You know, you try to pray for, of course, pray for the families and pray for the people involved. But 
like you said, Patrick, just the way the world has reacted on both sides of the spectrum. It's been right. so extreme. It's been, uh, and my heart has been broken. Like there's mm-hmm. been a couple of times I remember standing in the kitchen. I was about to wash some dishes and I was listening to some stuff, listening to some things, seeing some things, living on Twitter, like you guys mentioned. And I just started to tear up and it just seeing the pain, not just seeing what people are doing, but kind of like uh, Lim said, like I was having an empath moment where I just felt the heaviness of it all. And I felt it from, as a human being, I felt it as a Christian from God's perspective, like just seeing people tearing at each other, you know, fighting each other and just continuing to feed the fire of hatred in some areas. But like you said, Patrick, in other areas, seeing people come together, seeing people, uh, black, white, brown, every color of people just saying we're standing together mm-hmm. and that grow that 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 oneness grow in people it's you know it's it's inspiring but it's still it's so scary because that we're not coming back from this like there's no it's not like the past you know crises or past things that have happened where you know something bad's happened uh uh, a victim of racism is in the news, and then like a month later, it's disappeared from the. This is there's no going back from this. I I noticed that, um, like you said, there's there's all over the world, and um, some people have made it akin to the '60s, and I'm thinking, you know, this is bigger than what it was in the '60s because you did not see the the spectrum not only of skin tones but ages yeah of people that are out there and that are aware of going you didn't see um the celebrities in the 60s going as far as i know anyway i wasn't around but uh you know from what from the news feeds and stuff that i see you know you saw the the celebrity activists if you will but not the celebrities becoming activists mm-hmm. so i think yeah you're absolutely right lucas it's is there's it's not coming back from this and part of me is you know when i first thought of that i was kind of scared because it's like wow what what's the next phase that our society our world is stepping into but at the same time i'm like yes i don't want to go back i don't want to be in a position where we're just yeah, it's not that big a deal it's better now because we're more civilized and we're more of this and we're more of that. No, we're not. <laughs> people are still people. They still, when they're left to their own devices, will just be selfish and just want to do what they want to do. And it's still a problem and it shouldn't be. And uh, it's still something that, that affects us and there needs to be change. And people need to not be happy about it. They need to be angry. Uh, but man, just everything that's going on, what... I really want to transition and talk about a little bit. Uh, what is your, what is your, how much has racism uh, intersected with your guys' lives? Uh, where has it been affected personally? I, I know because that plays a lot into how we deal with this uh, and how we try to combat this or try to process what's going on. Uh, because whether you're someone who's maybe never been susceptible to it to someone who's lived it from day to day, that's going to play into then how you respond to what's going on right now. Cause there's a spectrum of responses we have. I mean, we have everything from peaceful protesting, silence, rioting, uh, you know, government officials like 
putting their foot down and, you know, some of the some of the ways in which authorities and things, at least from what I've seen on social media, which I know, of course, can be sometimes uh, a little too much. But at the same time, like they're really getting strict with these curfews and different things to combat the the riots. At the same time, I feel like they're 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 taking out more protesters than rioters in some of their strict ways of handling the curfew. But for you guys personally, what is your what is your personal perspective on this? What is your personal experience? And again, I, I just I'm just going to go in the same order. Let's start with you, Lim. Uh, why don't you share a little bit with us? Um, I'm going to sound like the old man I am for a second here. Back when I was in second grade. Uh, no, but seriously, back when I was in second grade, that was the first time I remember dealing with any kind of racism. Um, and I, uh, I was young. I was in a private school. And uh, it's like one of the few years I've been, I had ever been in a private school. Um, and this kid uh, that I sat next to, his name was Jack. He said to me, he said, uh, I don't like you. And I said, why not? Because you're black. Mm. And I said, okay. I had plenty of other friends, but that that has stuck with me. I'm 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 in my forties, guys, yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. remember the conversation like I like it was yesterday. Um, I I, I I've seen it my whole life against me, and the sad thing is I I've also seen it against folks of other races. You know, and I hate using that term other races because we're all in the human race. We just have exactly. we just have different melanin levels. Yeah. Uh, so uh, people of different melanin levels. <laughs> <laughs> we are all people of different melanin levels. You're right. Um, like my in my own neighborhood, growing up in Brooklyn, New York. You know, there, there was. My neighborhood, and then you walk a few blocks over, is the Jewish neighborhood, and you walk a few blocks over, it's the Jamaican neighborhood, and you walk a few blocks over, you got your Italian neighborhoods. And even though we lived together, there were dividing lines. Right. Territories. Yeah. And the folks in my neighborhood, my territory, if you will, would always talk bad about the people with less melanin in their skin you know this they're gonna keep us down you gotta be careful blah 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 yada 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 and as we know because a second grader doesn't come up with that stuff on his own right you know that that same conversation was happening elsewhere and so all throughout life I'm I've run into these I've run into people that have issues with somebody's melanin i if you don't like me because i'm loud and obnoxious and which which i am uh (laughs) (laughs) um i get that i can get behind that because that's a personality that is a that's that's a uh it's like a personal uh, preference yeah yeah, Yeah, personal preference i get that but if you don't know me and you judge me on my melanin level that's like saying, oh, 
I I don't like brown sheep. Or, you know what? They all can make the cotton. Or wool. Sorry, wool, not cotton. Cotton's from a plant. I'm a smart guy. (laughs) (laughs) Gonna go pick me some sheep. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. All right. But, you know. So like okay, That's right. none I, of us are farmers here, so we, yeah, yeah, no, no one's gonna no, hold it against us. No. Sorry I said, for our I farmer did, listeners I did, I did out say there. Brooklyn, New York, right? Brooklyn, yeah, New York. You did. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's not a lot of farms in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when I and then when I moved to North Carolina, um, I had I had moved there when I was 15 years old, and pre and the year before there were some major race things going on in in our school, in our mm-hmm. high school. I didn't know about this. So I go in and I'm making friends with everybody, you know, after, of course, my, my dark emo phase. Uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> I mean, got to go through that. I think we've all had it. Uh, yeah. Good old hormones. <laughs> but uh, I'm making friends with everybody. And I've got, you know, people of African descent coming up to me and saying, hey, why are you talking to that person? Like, because they talked to me and we're friends. Right. You know. I didn't get it. And I think part of that was because I started when I was in high school in New York, because I was there for freshman year, I started to make friends of all races and all, uh, sorry, all backgrounds and all, um, in all different parts of the country. I remember this one right. girl that came in, she came in from California and I was like, hang 10 dude. And she was like, you don't even know what that means. I was like, yeah, it means to go surfing. It's when you hang it you, at the edge of the board. I'm like, we live on the coast. We we also live on a coast here. She was like, "Oh, I didn't I didn't think you would know what that meant." And that was another eye-opening piece where it's not just about your skin color, it's about your background. So which leads me to believe today the issue we have is not about color. It's about have the heart that is within that skin. Amen. For sure, I'll shut up. <laughs> no, no, that's not that's not why you're here. If you shut I know, up, I know. I just feel like I was ranting. the like, purpose. Uh, it's all good. And I didn't even get past high school. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do live in Wisconsin, and I don't live in Milwaukee. I don't live in Madison. Um, I don't live in. It's probably the two that most of our, your listeners have ever heard of. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, or somewhere. Uh, Don't forget I, I live, in somewhere, somewhere, I live somewhere in. Which uh, is where you live, somewhere yeah, in. Somewhere yep. in. Um, <laughs> and those those two places are very diverse for cultures. Right. I don't live in that. And I find that I live in this little bubble. It, it where where I live, it, there's a there's almost a palatable, visible bubble where things don't break through. Oh, that yeah. can't happen here. Nothing is going to happen here. Oh, that's a, it's going to be a tornado. We'll have a tornado. You know, natural mm-hmm. things happen here. That doesn't happen here. It happens here. I, you know, oh, Green Bay. I do live close to Green Bay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Green Bay. Um, you see things like that happen because there, uh, just in the past 20 years, um, there's been 
an influx of different uh, ethnic backgrounds that have come into my area. And people weren't used to it. When I first moved here, people thought I was a Green Bay Packer. Because why else would someone else be of my persuasion? Be here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And oh, my best friend said, dude, you need to milk that. Say, yeah, I'm the new kicker. Yeah. <laughs> you need to milk that. I was like, nah, man, I can't do that. I can't. Yep. Four string <laughs> kicker. That's me. <laughs> um, but, and so slowly, I started to see more and more of it. More and more where you know you walk down the street and you're passing somebody and they hold their purse just a little bit closer you know or you know they pull their child closer to them you know and granted maybe it's they just don't want their kid around a stranger but because of my experiences through life i have to think uh is it my skin right yeah, that doubt crosses your mind automatically, yeah. and that's something that some folks don't have to deal with, or maybe they have. If they were in a different situation, they would have to think that, but they've never in the because they don't leave the bubble, they don't have to think about it. Yeah, I have a friend mm-hmm. of mine that went to South Africa, and she said we were the only two white people wherever we were, and I said to her. Welcome to my world. Yeah. And she was like, oh my mm. gosh, I never thought of that. No, and so it's just like, you know, it's just like, boom, now now that veil has been lifted from that one person. They're like, mm-hmm. I never thought of that. Ever. You know? And so. Yeah. yeah. That, 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 those are my experiences. And sometimes I don't, I never notice it. I've got friends that are, um, very active activists that uh, they they can sunburn where where I don't, <laughs> yeah. and uh, they notice it before I do. Now mm. they'll notice stuff before I do. Hmm, it's interesting. Yeah, I have a feeling it's it's in part your nature and your faith coming into play. It just gives an extra. You just have you're just so full of love and joy that I think it just gives you that extra cushion. To not think that direction. God has given you uh, a glass half full, or maybe just a glass full, even if it is half full. You, it's full to you. It's full uh, enough. That kind of mentality, and uh, and so I, I appreciate about that. You, I appreciate that about you, brother Patrick. How about you, buddy? What is uh, what has life brought your way in in this realm? I don't have many experiences um, with this. The only yeah, I I grew up you know I went to a public school uh, and there's all different mixes there you know when you when you look at private schools it's predominantly white and you go to public schools you know you got all mixes um, mm-hmm. and so I really never and then with my up, upbringing uh, I really really never saw. Uh, what is it? Mel- melanin levels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I never really saw that. Um, and the the only the only experiences I've had were when I hear someone um say something um that I don't agree with, and it could be a word, 
Um, it could be uh, an action. Um, and it always made me feel uneasy. Like, well, I don't, mm. I, well, I don't understand uh, why someone would uh, judge a book by its cover. You know, I like, I, I can't, like, I can't look at a video game cover uh, art and say, uh, I don't like that game until, until I get to know that game. Um, so I never, I, I never had that. Um, and that's also what, you know, I've been instilling into my kids as well. I had a conversation with, uh, my daughter tonight, um, you know, because of what has been happening. Um, and I, I asked her, I was like, do you, do you know what racism is? And she, she says no. So I was like, well, it's basically when you judge a person, uh, by the color of their skin. And she's like, oh, well, I don't do that. And that's, it made me feel good that I am, um, doing a good job as a parent uh, in that respect. Um, definitely. And knowing, knowing that, um, that if I am instilling those values and morals into my kids, then I, uh, then, you know, hopefully she will do the same with her kids. And that's the cycle that we need to go towards. Uh, it's, it's, if, if you are, ha- if you have a, a, an upbringing where someone doesn't have that conversation with you, um, it could be, uh, we're going to, going to continue to perpetuate this cycle uh and it's never gonna end um and or that conversation that you missed um that you should have had with your kids um that they're the conversation is not going to continue with that person or that family until the next generation so you're going to lose that dialogue unless you have you know if you choose the right friends or if you um become a part of an organization, whether that is, um, some sort of activist group, or if it's a church, um, you know, like there's, there's so many different ways that people can be brought up. But if you don't have that conversation as, um, as a parent, you know, as a dad, we're all dads here. And, um, I, you know, it's, it's my daughter, she's 10, you know, Lucas, your daughter is also 10, correct? So they're young, but if we instill that now, then it's going to be so much easier to have more and more conversations with them uh, going forward. Um, yeah, so like, like, like I said, I, I really haven't had many experiences only because I don't agree with that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, I it's funny. Um, you say having those conversations. And I think that I don't remember having a deep conversation with my kids about it, to be honest, to be completely honest. Uh, but that's because... My wife has way less melanin in her skin than I do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yes. Yeah. And you're a symbol for that. Right. Yeah. You know, um, although her name means dark skin. So it's so weird. Oh, really? So like, my, my wife's name means dark skin. It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> Our wives have the same name. <laughs> no craziness <laughs> and my wife almost has the same name except it's a d instead of an n yes <laughs> we're we're the mel husbands yep yeah <laughs> the mel husbands of mel yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's true or something yeah we need to make a I think we need to get a, like a cool jean jacket and then sew, <laughs> sew a patch on the back. 
Husbands of Mel. That'd be awesome. And then and then wear it around each other's wives, and they get really freaked out. They're like, "That's not you're not my husband. Get away from me." <laughs> Perfect. Husbands of Mel. Con- conversations with Mel's husband. <laughs> Pat, Lim, and Lucas. <laughs> yeah. I I mean, I also have had, because of this, I've been having conversations with my kids. Uh, fortunately, in the past eight years, living in Brazil, a diversity has not been an issue. Um, I know that there are parts of Brazil that deal with racism. For example, I lived in, uh, one town that I lived in was actually the last town to abolish slavery. And to this day, they do not celebrate uh, black awareness, uh, the black awareness day. They, and it's never been like a, a thing where people are like against it, but it's just like this unsaid thing where they just don't do anything about it. And I don't, I don't even understand why, but thankfully that's not the norm here in Brazil. Uh, my experience in Brazil has been amazing in that respect because my kids don't see melanin. They don't see color. They don't see anything but a person and their heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to the church we probably have really loved the most in the first city we lived in. Um, they were the most mixed church I've ever been a part of. Uh, whites, blacks, uh, Asian, European. Uh, it, they really had every representation except Eskimos. Like Those are the only people that probably aren't in that church. And it's beautiful. There's never... Never been any issue, never been. And it was like, and you know what's funny is the name of the church is Paraiso, which is paradise. And I feel like, you know, that was a glimpse in some way because they were the most helpful people I've ever known uh, at this church. And they just, race is not an issue. It's just we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And somehow, I don't understand it because I'm going to be honest, I'm from West Virginia. And while West Virginia seceded to the north, and, you know, got away from the South back in the day in the 1800s. Yeah. Most of West Virginia has not gotten past the Civil War in some ways. Like there are plenty of people who who speak about people of color as a separate group. And uh, that has never been a thing that I've connected with. And I don't know why because, and I, well, I should know why. My parents have never, uh, they've never talked that way. They've never created a dividing line uh, between us and them or blacks and whites or, you know, the color of your skin. It's never been an issue. And my parents didn't talk to me about it. You know, we, in my hometown, there were no Hispanics. There were no, there were very few uh, Asians or people of other, uh, other colors or anything. There were a handful, but in, and from my experience, nothing ever really happened. Like in terms of like, People, you know, I had a, a kid in my school who was African-American in my class, but he was just a part of the group and he was a part of our school. Um, there wasn't any issues. But at the same time, once I left West Virginia, went to college and I got to finally meet, I get, get cultured as it were. Uh, this is before the age of like the Internet and cell phones when it was really big. Like my hometown was like Hobbiton where you just <laughs> you go you can you can leave and go out in the world and experience the craziest stuff and you come back and it's exactly the same people tell the exact same stories 
People look exactly the same and do the same thing they've done for the past 10, 12, 20 years. That's what it was like back in like the late 90s, early 2000s. But once the internet came along and once everybody got a cell phone and once people got more connected with the outside world, uh, West Virginia has kind of gotten with the times in many ways. And, uh, you know, I was proud to hear recently that, you know, uh, in various cities in West Virginia, people protested, peacefully protested in a variety of cities. Uh, you know, protesting racism and and the, the the police brutality and the things that they've been protesting. So I'm very proud to be a West Virginian, but I didn't grow up dealing with that. However, uh, one thing that happened that still is etched in my mind is when I realized that my dad was cool. Uh, there are a number of ways in which I realized my dad was cool, but... but we all have that moment. Yeah, we have those moments, right? And But this one hit in a way that's connected to what we're talking about tonight. When he got married the second time, my mom passed away when I was 11. He got remarried when he was 12. And he said, my best friend from college, Dave is coming to be my best man. He didn't get to, he wasn't able to be my best man when I first got married. And so this time around, I want him to be my best man. And in walks Dave and you know, he, he, he was black. And I was, as a 12 year old, I was like, that's my dad's best friend. There was no like, ooh, this is weird. It was like, that is cool. That is really cool. And I got to know Dave. And uh, he was like my, he's like, like immediately, he's like, just call me Uncle Dave. And I called him Uncle Dave. And yeah. we laughed and we, you know, he stayed around for like a week when he got married. And he's come back to visit from time to time. The other thing that really is etched in my brain is when I was 13 or 14, 13. I'm going to go with 13. It might be 14 though. Uh, band syndrome coming out. Yeah, it is. After, <laughs> after 20, 20 or so years, it starts to get hazy. Uh, when I first uh, put my faith into Christ, the man who prayed with me was a man by the name of Dana Baker, and he was a singer at a college that I went to later on uh, in Mount Vernon, Ohio. And he was just this boisterous, loud, uh, larger-than-life guy that was so hilarious and so special and so sensitive. He, he prayed with me. He led me to the Lord and he, he was African-American and I didn't see it as anything strange or different. He's always been like a big brother to me. Mm. And so I feel like God has used like these little moments, though I grew up in a, in a very not culturally sensitive state, at least in the time when I was younger to now, um, thankfully being different, but God used those moments to, to keep to to just kind of ease me into being the way He wants us to be. He wanted me to be, uh, to where now you know I'm married to a Costa Rican. She's very Hispanic. Uh, she's she's she was adopted by two uh, very sweet and wonderful uh, Americans that are very much uh, their melanin is so much more like mine. You know, when we're, <laughs> when we're at a church, uh, immediately people will say, oh, is this your father? I'm like, nope. <laughs> uh, he's my wife's father. And they just kind of look at my wife, who looks like she could be Brazilian from Rio or whatever. And, you know, they'll look at her tan skin, dark hair, uh, and then look at him. And he's like, white as white can be and <laughs> bald and all these things. And they're like, that's your dad? Yep, it is. And then, of course, we say, adopted. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I just, it just, I don't know. It's For me, it's never been a problem. But at the same time, 
I've embraced it and I love, I, I think variety is the spice of life. And so uh, for me, it's something that thankfully I haven't had to deal with, but it's something that I want to fight for to fight against racism and fight for uh, the fact that we're, we all have hearts. We all have red blood, you know, all those things that we have in common so far outweigh just a difference of skin tone right. and skin color. So, you know, but those hear, are some of the, some of the things I've had. I hear folks say, I don't see color. And I, I have to say, I see color. Yeah. It doesn't make me not like who I'm seeing. But it helps me understand that there are diff- there are differences and they have different backgrounds and it's something that I can learn from. So right. I see somebody that I recognize because of their skin tone that they are, they may be like uh, Latino. I'm going to ask my boy, yo, help me out. I need to understand this. Right. You know? Yeah. And, I, and, and that, that helps me understand that. I've got... I got a buddy of mine who's a streamer, uh, Penny. He is Filipino, and I came. I, I first time I was in his chat, uh, and we were t- we were just talking, and he started talking about things uh, from the Philippines, and I was like, "All right, you need to tell me." I was like, "I've got like a handful of Filipino friends," and he's like, "All right, so have you?" And of course, two guys. Are we going to talk about food? So <laughs> that's where my yeah. mind was going. Yeah. <laughs> so he starts talking about all these things. So you try this, you try that, you try that. It's like, no, nah. I mean, he's like, okay, your Filipino friends are slacking. Yeah. <laughs> They're failing you. Like, you should have yeah. been over for dinner with all of this already. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. I had a friend yeah, I grew so- up with in high school and college and he was Filipino or he, he is Filipino. And uh, yeah, it was all about the food. He was always eating. Like he always had rice and yes. some kind of meat to go with it. That's like, what in he was college, saying. Oh my in God, the dorm, yeah, <laughs> all the time. I was like, "How are you always eating?" And like, <laughs> always eating, always talking, always moving. Like, oh, his yes. work ethic and everything else. And you know, I attributed that too to his parents and his family and yeah. his, you know, the way he was raised. His, you know, his mom was a single mother and just. But yeah, it's the food thing was definitely. It was a common ground you can <laughs> grab hold of. Uh, we can't talk about food. I haven't had supper yet. Okay, fair enough. We'll move on. Then. No, but you do transition this limb into, you know, I don't I don't want to spend the whole time, you know, talking about the negative, talking about, you know, you know, for for example, I don't think we really need to talk too much about what's been going on lately. Like we yeah. don't have to describe it. We don't have to say we we all have access to social media and it's everywhere. I really want us to, you know, I think, Lim, you gave a perfect example of transitioning into how can we get through this the right way? How can we make a difference, make an impact? How can we, uh, you know, suffer with those who are suffering, you know, stand up with those who that need support? But how can we, you know, spread the love and the positivity and connect with people? Because, you know, some of us are limited. Some of us aren't in a place of quote unquote power where we can, you know, we're not all celebrities. You know, I have 700 followers on, no, I think I have 500 followers on Twitter and I feel like only 10 people see what I'm writing. So, you know, it's like you feel, you part of you is like, why do I, why even say anything? But that's not what it's about. It's about connecting with people personally. 
uh, and it's about making an impact one person at a time. So what do you guys think is, I don't want to say the answer, but what are some ways in which you think we can combat this? I am, I'm a, a big proponent of starting conversations and putting myself out there, being honest and open. You know, somebody can tear me down. That's fine. But they're going to be tearing me down off of things that are me, not things that are rhetoric from, you know, what I see from anywhere else. Mm -hmm. They're going to be, if they tear it down or lift it up, it's going to be from where my heart is and what God's put on my heart. Um, Like I, like you said today, I put, I put out one, I put a a tweet that says, uh, confession time, I'm conflicted. I want to support the Black Lives Matter movement with all my heart, but not out of hate or anger, out of love. But I get angry at the wrong and proud at the right. I want to choose love, not just for people that uh, look like me, but for for all. Hashtag help. And I've got people that I know, like I really know, like Mark Boucher, who answered me. Um People that I kind of know, Shireen from the Marriage of the Games community, mm-hmm. uh, uh, answered me. Uh, somebody from the Gametography community answered me, and then this guy who I don't know—I <laughs> don't know who he is. He's just—I think he's a motivational speaker. He—he <laughs> he answers. He says stuff, um, and um, I think that I—I've believed that putting yourself out there and truly trying to have a conversation. You're going to get people that tear you down for it. And um, I specifically mean you two for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Are going to get like, if you start asking questions and trying to learn by trying to have a personal relationship, not just anybody can read texts and Wikipedia and, and all this stuff, but trying to have a personal conversation to understand through the eyes of someone that wants to speak to you, mm-hmm. not to everybody, to Patrick, to Lucas. I think that's super important because without that actual face, without that actual uh, uh, conversation between two humans, not a human reading something, I don't think it's going to, it's, it's not going to happen. I have a buddy of mine from Scotland that put it out there. He's like, hey, I didn't grow up with any of your U.S. history or any history on slavery or any of that. It's not part of what we're taught here. Right. Can someone help me understand? And someone wrote back and meaning meaning well. They they, they, they said, I get where you're coming from. I I, 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 know, I see where your heart is, but it's not on the shoulders of the oppressed to to educate the oppressor Mm. and to me that was like okay this guy openly says i don't know i don't get it help me and you smack his hand away and say go figure it out yourself yeah that to me makes little to no sense so i personally think that having that conversation actually engaging Without an agenda other than understanding where the person is coming from is super important. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm with you 100%, Lim. You know, I have an example, and it's kind of like 
it's kind of taken a step to the right, but it's a very real example in my life right now because, uh, so, uh, I'm inundated every day with messages through a, an app application called WhatsApp. I don't know yes. if you guys have used that very much, but in Latin America, it is the social media yes. application. Like everywhere else in the world other than the U S actually. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah, it's really frustrating when I talk to Americans, I'm like, Hey, do you want to use this? Uh, you ever use this WhatsApp? And they're like, no, not really. I'm like, Oh, then I don't know how much we're going to get to really chat. Cause it's like, <laughs> it's like a texting slash, I don't know. It's, it's really just texting. It's like iMessage. Yeah. It's like, it's like texting, but they Brazilians have taken it to another level to where people will send, you know, they will make groups and in these groups you will then, you know, send out information. People will use it as like a business uh, way to keep connected with business. They won't use email, but instead they'll use WhatsApp. But uh, oh, wow. with what? Yeah, like forget. There's some groups that like some business groups are like, oh, we don't do email. We just do WhatsApp. And that's all they do. Wow. But you get like yourself to the point where you're in like 15, 20 groups and they're sharing stuff all the time. And I kid you not, there are days where I will get of 50 messages and they're all happy birthday to someone. It's like, they're just wishing someone a happy birthday. Sounds and like that just, discord. yeah. And it <laughs> fills up and it, it is, it's like discord on, on crack or speed. Yeah. Or it's, you put the drug in place. It does. It's one of those. <laughs> I don't, I don't do drugs, so I don't really know how that works, <laughs> but it, it, you get inundated with so much information that it becomes white noise. And so I just ignore it and I'm like, okay, delete, clear my, cause it takes up, you know, megabytes and kilobytes and all this stuff on my phone. But when my birthday comes and people give me a bunch of those mass birthday wishes, it's like, okay, thanks. But when someone writes me a message, when someone connects with me personally, goes out of their way to talk with me, that makes all the difference. And I know that that a lot of people think I gotta I gotta throw out the most information I can to the most people possible so that I can totally like <laughs> let my voice be heard. And I'm like, that's not how it works. Jesus yeah. didn't just speak a sermon on the mount every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. He spoke a sermon on the mount maybe once a week, maybe once a month. In between that, he was having dinner with people. He was talking to people while walking down the road. Uh, we have to put our effort into talking to people one-on-one as, as much as we feel like that doesn't make a big difference, you know, connect with people. I talked with my best friend in West Virginia today and we just, we shared our, our highs and lows over this past week and really just talked about where our heads are with this, with these riots, with these protests, with, you know, how the government's reacting and, and how they, you know, how there's been on both sides, a lot of mistakes and then on both sides of, or the many sides that there are, you can see this glint of no matter how far off they may seem, you know that they're not evil. They're not trying to destroy the world. They're not destroying, they're not trying to destroy people because of their color, but it's just, they're just so, they're not self-aware. I don't know if they just don't get it, but we have to talk about it and we have to do it in a, a one-on-one personal level to really help people find their voice and understand where they stand so that they can stand. You know, once people understand how they feel, they're going to be more bold to protest, more bold to donate, more bold to, to speak out when, when injustice is present. And so we have to have those one-on-one conversations. You don't know where your conversation is going to, your conversation is going to end up. 
you know, like I, I started playing Disney Infinity because this one guy. I would okay. So we're gonna get into gaming for a second here. Um, I started playing Disney Infinity. I almost was a Skylanders guy, and I started playing Disney Infinity. Well, yeah. That's only because this one guy at GameStop said, dude, get Disney Infinity. You'll like it better. All right. So now I get Disney Infinity. I love it. So I need, I want to find out more. I find a podcast and the, uh, a, a live that they do on YouTube that talks about all this stuff. Great. I'm start watching that. I get to know the hosts of that. Now I'm involved with this group of people that love Disney Infinity. I start doing stuff on, you know, putting posts out for them. More people are seeing who, that I'm the one doing it. I get to know, I get to know those people, and so on and so forth. It all started with one person mm. talking to me, yeah, and saying, "Hey, this is a thing that I think you'd enjoy." Mm. So, by having that conversation with that one person. You, you might be like, I'll never, ever get a chance to speak to uh, somebody in politics face-to-face, somebody that can actually write and be an influence on the law, on laws on that. Well, yeah. maybe you'll be talking to a second cousin who runs a garage. And then all of a sudden, all of that information gets to him. Yeah. So, just saying. Well, uh <clears throat> Um, from my perspective, uh, what we what we need to do is what we're doing right now um, is having the conversation, um, having uh, the one on one, listening uh, to the perspectives of the people that are um, it's hitting them the most. Um, and. You know, like it's, it is, it's, it's listening, you know, like a a lot of, a lot of what I do in my job is listening. You have to, I, I have, I have, I used to have 16 people that were under me and I had to listen to them. You know, like if they have an issue and I, I can't just say, okay, that doesn't, that's not important. Get out of my office. You know, like it's, it's, if you're coming to my office, you, you're going to, you need something. I got to listen to you. Um, and using those active listening skills, not everyone has those active listening skills, right? Some people are just like at the, at the surface, they, they pick out a few words from the conversation and that's what they hang on to. You know, active listening is you're kind of reading between the lines. You're reading what's the underlying problem here. Uh, and, it's gets and that's when you get deeper and deeper into things. You're like, oh, okay, you know, like you need to ask questions, not just yes. listen, but but respond and mm-hmm. say, hey, if I'm understanding correctly, this is what I'm hearing, and if it's not right, let me know. And if if I'm not hearing you correctly, let me know. But you have to have those active listenings. It's not a one way street; uh-uh. it's a two way street. Um, and I wanted to uh, like the 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 riots like i i you know like Ugh. what 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 about those um is i i understand what they're trying to do for the most part uh but i don't i don't condone it by any stretch of the imagination i understand why they're doing it because they're they want to be heard you're not listening to me I'm frustrated you, i'm yeah. going to to uh, what i what 
What I know is if I uh, resort to violence, you're going to listen to me and I'm going to be heard or you're going to pay attention to me. Um, I understand. That's what they, that's, that's the way their mentality is. Uh, you know, like they, you haven't been listening for so long. I'm going to do something so outlandish that you pay attention to me and we're paying attention. You know, not, not there's, there's the peaceful protests that we're paying attention to. The media doesn't care about those things though. The no. media wants to, no, media media, wants to, yeah, the media is not showing any of that. Yeah. No. Like it's like, it's like, Hey, here's, here's all the bad things that are happening. What about the good things? What yeah. about these good things that are happening? What about these one-on-ones with cops yeah. and oh. bystanders yes. and these protesters? You know, like that's what I, that's, those are the kinds of things like when you're talking about going through like a rabbit hole on YouTube and you look at things that just like, like really hit you to your core, like people coming home from the military and, and, and like those kinds of videos. Yes. That is how these videos are hitting me, you know, like the, of, of just goodness in people people are inherently good um and but then you got then you got the other people that are like hey uh you're not listening to me i'm gonna do this and um it was martin luther king said you know the rioters the the riots are the voice of the unheard and that's why he's he's like this is um this is happening because you're not listening to them and if you don't listen to them these are going to continue to happen um, I don't know the the exact quote it was, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you've but, got those three, you got three factions really. You've got protesters, rioters, and looters, and unfortunately, they're all within a three foot radius of each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and unfortunately, the looters and the rioters are going to get more of the camera time. Yeah. Than the. But it has been encouraging as, you know, more and more people have, have posted. I have been seeing more peaceful protesting going on all over the world, and that's been very encouraging. And I hope I hope people keep consistent. I know today, I think, uh, there was supposed to be a large group uh, of Brazilians, that, Brazilians and Americans that were going to go to the American consulate here in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and, uh, and to peacefully protest. And I haven't heard yet how it went or what happened, but I truly believe that for the most part, uh, it was it was a positive uh, thing that happened. It didn't turn in a bad way or anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and in the same way, uh, the police officers. Yeah, yeah. You have the police officers that are sympathetic to it. Police officers that are there to do their job, and the police officers are there to abuse their power. Yeah. You know, and it's it. Unfortunately, they're all within a three-foot radius of each other. Yep. So mm-hmm. now the police officers are catching a lot of flack as well. Um, I don't condone violence on people that are peaceful, people that aren't doing anything at all. Um, I've got a friend of mine who's a high-ranking officer in our area. And I worry about him. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good guy. I mean, like a really, he's a freaking goofball. (laughs) (laughs) Like I look at him. I don't see officer XYZ. You're like, how are you a police officer? Yeah, I see my buddy Eric. I'm like, what? (laughs) A clown officer? (laughs) (laughs) What? 
Uh, we we do a, a guys weekend. It's me, him, my bestie Eric, and uh, his uh, Eric's the other Eric uh, bestie Sean, and my buddy Eric and Sean are always like, let's go down this trail. And me and the cop are like, nope. Because <laughs> I'm Not the first one. I'm the first one to go. And he's the one that's going to shoot somebody. So we are going to stay up here. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. You don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Patrick, you know, you mentioned about the inherent good and people. Uh, I really like the quote from, uh, I think it's from Harry Potter when uh, Sirius Black is talking to Harry and he's talking about how, you know, every human being has good and evil within them. uh, And we have to decide what we're going to act upon. And, you know, I, I think all of us as as followers of Christ know that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. No one is good in and of themselves, uh, but we are all made in the image of God. And so we have this thing where uh, you just, you have this struggle, and it's a struggle we're going to have as human beings until uh, the day we die, where we're going to wrestle between the darkness within and the light within, because we are, we are, we can't, we can't, you know, we can't be perfect uh, on our own. And we have people out there who are leading with their emotions, they're leading with their frustrations, and they're acting out in ways that, you know, we might not agree with, but they need to be heard. And, you know, and I hurt for them. And, you know, of course, I'm angry. And I, I just, I, I see the people who, you know, are losing their businesses and are, you know, buildings that are burning down, people that are getting hurt. But I also see people who, have had to deal with racism for years upon years upon years upon generations upon generations and we've got to stop you know ignoring that in the sense of you know I I feel like both sides try to focus on the other's uh, negative reactions Mm -hmm. like see how violent they are see how they're doing this and they're doing that so I have a right to be that way and we're not going to get anywhere if we keep feeding that, that, that dog of hate. You know, that's another example. I don't know if you guys have heard this before. Everybody has two dogs in their mind. They have a, I don't want to call it a love dog, a love dog and a hate dog. But the question is, you know, which one are you feeding? Which one are you letting have, have reign in your life? Because the only way to, to make the dog of love, for example, grow is you got to feed it and you got to, you got to, you know, you, every one of us have had a pet at some point. You got to take care of it and you just leave it to let nature take its course. And the hate dog is going to eat the love dog every time. The love dog wants to go up and, you know, cuddle with you and, and hang out. Snuggle. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and that's something that, you know, that often is misunderstood when we say, you know, we should love each other. People are like, oh, forget this kumbaya stuff or hugs and kisses. No, love is saying, no, I value you. I value you above need. myself. That's exactly what we need. But, yeah, like, uh, and and I, you know, like I am, I am early on on my uh, journey with Christ. And um, there are verses uh, in the Bible that really stick out to me. And one of them um, 
is in Romans. I can't remember the exact verse or whatever or chapter. Uh, it is, uh, you know, like don't fight evil with evil. Oh. You know, fight evil with good. That's Romans you know? twelve, my friend. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Actually, it's a it's. I have it's a good it one. Since you bring it up, can I can I go ahead and read a couple of the verses because it's really powerful. Okay, yeah. sure. Go and ahead. then and then you can continue. But I, I really want to. I want to. I had no. I I, I just I based on what you. you were saying with that. You know, yeah. that's pretty much all I wanted to say was you know like it's you have to respond with good, otherwise you're not going to get anywhere. Exactly. Uh, Romans twelve seventeen says, "Do not repay anyone evil for evil." Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. And then verse 20 and 21 I really love. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed them. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Exactly. Yeah. It's, I love the symbolism in that, you know, that Paul, you know, and you think about this, you know, you, you bring up this verse, Patrick, and Paul is a part of the Jewish nation that they have, they faced, and they, they faced after Paul so many years of persecution, uh, not just for religion, for race, for being a Jew. You know, uh, Jews were slaves back in the day, and they faced discrimination. And I mean, we all know World War II and the Holocaust and the suffering that the Jewish people and all minorities faced during that time uh, in Germany and in Europe uh, during that time. I mean, and yet in knowing the history of racism and discrimination that Paul and his and their people went through, he still says, do not repay evil for evil. Uh, overcome evil with good, with love. And, you know, I, I tell my kids all the time when they're fighting and they do this war of escalation, one yells, the other yells louder than the other hits, and they just go back and forth. And Mindy and I all the time are like, who is going to break the cycle? Because hate will just bring on more hate. And it just was going to go round and round. It's never going to stop until one of you decides to listen to the other. And to love the other. And that doesn't mean hug each other, kiss each other, or say, hey, it's okay. Don't worry about what you did. No, you, you hold people accountable in love. And, but you also listen to them because, like you talked about, Patrick, inherently, uh, you know, people might not be perfect, but they, they do want to do good, whether it's for themselves or for someone else. Like, we can't just say that people are evil because they do evil things. People are people. And... They love and they live and they want what's best for their family. And we have to listen to that. And people need to be, feel like they can, they've been understood before they can understand sometimes. All right. Yeah, well said. Yeah. Very much so. Get off my soapbox there. That's all right. I was just, <laughs> you, you say it and I was just like, man, I was just reading, reading about Paul and talking about Paul and, uh, and, um, Dude, dude had some stuff, man. <laughs> yes, yeah, he I definitely mean, did. Paul was like, "Yo, I don't like Christians. Let's kill them." Yeah. <laughs> and then you know he had a literal come to Jesus come to Jesus moment. moment. Yep. <laughs> Actually, Jesus came to him. It was like, yep. "Hey, man. <laughs> man." See, here's the thing. 
you want to you want to go to Jesus. You don't want Jesus to come find you. No, it's, it's scary. You go blind. Yeah, you can't you see for like three days. You. Just just go, and um, and then he was like, "All right, well, I'll go to I'll go talk to my people. I'll go talk to Jews." And God was like, hey, "About that, you're gonna go talk to some people you don't like." <laughs> <laughs> Well, did you guys have any other uh, things to add? Anything you wanted to share? Any last thoughts of any kind? Yeah. Throw it out there. Yeah. You know, I've been saying it all along. I've been keep saying it. I'm going to keep on saying it. It's a matter of the heart. And as as much as we want hearts to change folks are going to want to have to change. And that doesn't mean we don't stop. That doesn't mean we stop showing them what love looks like and what it looks like to love your neighbor. Right? Maybe it starts with you, you know, you just smiling at somebody. You know, maybe it's it's a matter of um I I don't know. You you bought you bought a, a cookie and you buy a second cookie and you hand it to the next person in line. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm loving my neighbor. You know, you might not be able to eat this cookie. Maybe you're, you know, you you have a gluten issue. Hey, pass it along to somebody else. Show somebody some love. I mean, maybe you you don't raz somebody for being Symmetra in Overwatch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> kind of throw that in there, uh, <laughs> nerd. <laughs> jab (laughs) (laughs) but um i mean you just just what what is what's the one thing you're gonna do to every time you wake up what's the one thing you're going to do not what can i do what are you going to do yeah set yourself a goal of doing a thing for somebody and here's the thing you want to challenge do it for somebody you don't like yeah you're supposed to love them Love them anyway. Show them love. Do it for somebody you don't like. I mean, because there are days I love my kids. There are days I just don't like my kids. Oh, I hear you on that. <laughs> during quarantine, it's even. There's even more days I don't like my kids during quarantine. <laughs> oh man, so, I hear you on that for sure. But I mean, just yeah. Show, who are you going to show love to and do it? Just do it. There you go. Sorry, Pre- Nike. Preaches some Nike. <laughs> Whatever money we make from this Nike, we'll send it your way. If, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, no, 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 no. Give you Scratch that, Patrick. Take that out. <laughs> Do the thing. That's that's what we're. Go- that's our slogan. Do the thing. You're getting the squint from the Patrick squint, where he's like, uh, "Okay, uh, if you say maybe. so." I, got, <laughs> I feel like I got the uh, "Do the thing," uh, the Godfather thing. All all right. Yeah, Lem, while you were talking, it actually reminded me of uh, Frozen Two, one of the songs. Uh, when you don't know what to do, do what's right. Yes, that song that uh, Aunt Anna sings when she's walking yeah. out of the cave after you know bad stuff happens. Yeah, yeah, like we don't mm-hmm. know what to do. Do do the right thing. You don't know what yeah. the next step should be. What's the next right thing that I can do? 
And yeah, if, there's never a wrong time to do the right thing. Yeah, exactly. And if that's just giving like 10, 20 bucks to, you know, a GoFundMe or someone who's, you know, more directly connected to making sure laws are passed or people are represented who are being discriminated against, are victims of racism, you know, give that 10, 15, 20 bucks. If, you know, you have friends that you haven't checked up on lately in cities where there's protesting and rioting, call them up. Like, just reach out and uh, talk to people. Definitely. Absolutely. Patrick, did you have any uh, last things you want to share? Uh, no, I don't. Nope. Good to go. Well, I mean, I, I do, but we'd be here for another three hours. <laughs> Patrick about Maybe to grab his Bible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, brothers, I need you to turn with me. To... <laughs> yeah. All right, if you all read with me, we're going to just read the New Testament. Starting with Genesis 1-1. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, Galatians 3 Chapter 20, no, Galatians chapter 3, verse 28 says, There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And uh, that to me is just a direct, hey, guess what? Racism is wrong. That's not mm-hmm. what, that's not what Jesus is about. That's not what love is about. You know, God is love. And God came in the form of Jesus Christ and came and died for us and was resurrected to show us the, his power and to show us how much he loved us. And, you know, to me, that is the big difference maker. You know, I know there, there are people on all sides of every issue making some good, and sometimes it feels like a lot of bad decisions and saying things that it's just like, why are you saying this? You know, uh, <coughs> But a lot of that just falls down to being a human being and not being perfect. Uh, but when we have Christ in common, when we have love in our hearts and in our lives, you know, we've got we've to let go of that hate and talk about it, confess it, give it up to him um, because he makes all the difference. And I know he's the reason for all three of us that we, we uh, have not lost hope. You know, we've watched a lot of stuff online, but we've seen the positive and we know that, you know, that hate and racism does not have the final say. He does. And so we're going to continue forward and we want everyone who can be involved to be involved and to work together. So, all right. Well, that's all for this uh, protest on racism. And uh, we really just wanted to open up lines of communication. We hope that, you know, as joiners, you won't just listen, but you'll talk, you'll reach out, reach out to us. Uh, you know, all of us are on Twitter. I'm at, at MTTG Brazil team. Of course, our podcast is at G- the GMG podcast. Uh, connect with us. Uh, Lim, why don't you plug your, plug your social medias and your Twitters and all that, whatever you want to throw oh, out yeah. there to people um, to get connected with you. You can find me for my personal stuff. I'm at Bad Gamer Elite, uh, all one word. Um, I'm also uh, game to- the game photographers or game photographers. So and then also God Games Geekery, which is yeah. a podcast. That's right. That it's a five minute devotional deal. I mean, seriously, at top end, it's five minutes. Take three minutes out of your day. It's a fun geeky time. Even if for even sure. if Jesus isn't your jam, it's a fun geeky time. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, you got to plug that. Definitely check it out. 
get a little bit of it just goes great with a little cup of coffee i mean nowadays yeah, seriously I'm drinking so much coffee in the morning. Uh, that's like one cup of coffee for me, like two, yeah, three I was minutes. Like, It'll be done before your coffee's done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Coffee, coffee with limb. Yeah, we're, and, we're in the middle of a, a 10-week Overwatch devotional series. Nice. Very nice. Definitely I have like to check Overwatch that out. if you haven't figured it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've known that. But yeah, you've definitely shown that again here today. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> And then Patrick, you are at Nova Beyond, right? I am. I'm trying to get that out Hollywood Bones handle, but it's uh, still not still not. Someone sticking, still huh? has it. They haven't, really? They haven't tweeted since I don't know when Twitter was invented, so I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Back in the I asked Twitter to remove it, but they uh, said no. They refuse. That's too bad. They did. All right. Yep. Well, you never know. Just keep checking, man. Yeah, and all this, all these uh, links and uh, how to get to, to Lem uh, will be in the show notes too. Perfect, that is fantastic. Check it out. We have, we are just so um, we're so blessed, and you know, though these are hard times, uh, we are not without hope, and we have got to stand together. We have got to keep connected, and uh, yeah. So, alrighty then, Lem, Patrick. Along with you, our beloved friends, families, and joiners, go get your good morning this week. May God bless and guide your lives as you live, as you work, and as you game. God bless. One, two, three, four.